Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You never want to find yourself out on the water fishing without the essentials. So it's best to always pack a Columbia PFG Solar Stream Elite hoodie to protect against the sun. I mean, it provides great protection, and it's really breathable so you don't get hot. That's a win-win. Columbia PFG has a lot of great gear. So before you head out on the water, head over to Columbia.com slash PFG to shop their performance fishing gear. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Welcome to Worst Year Ever, a production of iHeartRadio. Welcome back to the worst year ever, the podcast where we talk about the worst year ever. The one is it still not a good year? It's still very bad. They didn't fix it. No. All right. Well, I'm gonna call our mechanic and have him jiggle the handle (laughs) of the year. Mm -hmm. Let's just pull out the engine and blow on it a little bit and see if that helps. Yeah, Mm -hmm. we'll try. We'll try a few things. Yeah. Um, I'm Katie. Hi, I'm Cody Johnston. I'm also Cody Johnston. It's not it's true. true. It might well, be. We've got a conflicting facts here. Um, today we have uh, an interview for you guys uh, with Billy Jensen, the uh, investigative journalist, crime solver guy. <laughs> um, <laughs> I love solving crimes. You might uh, have first become aware of him um, as he... He helped finish Michelle McNamara's uh, book, I'll Be Gone in the Dark, which was all about the Golden State Killer um, and brought that to national attention. Um, And he has done quite a lot of his own work and solved a bunch of crimes. And uh, we connected over the Robert Fuller case. Um, And we'll get into that case in our conversation. But uh, we're really grateful that he took the time to speak with us because he... He has a, a very unique perspective about working with the police and what uh, defunding the police means. Um, uh, a, a different perspective than I'd heard talked about, which which I appreciated. Yeah, I can't wait to uh, play the interview that we have finished already. <laughs> let's do it. Let's do that yes, now. Let's go back in time to the interview that we How would we do that just minutes ago. Oh, God. How what would we, we have to do, do to go back in time? Some sort of some sort of sound. That oh my will god! Let just... our listeners know that we are we've returned to the past in order to conduct an interview. Just do it and get it over with. 
know. Yeah, do you not hear it? <laughs> I could hear it. I was definitely doing it. All right. I was, I was doing something. That wasn't as wet as the time machine noises normally are. There we go. There we go. That's the time machine noises that I've wanted. It was, I had to jiggle the handle to get it to yeah. work. On that note, here's Billy Jensen, mm-hmm. <laughs> a real professional. Hi, Billy. Thanks for Hi. joining us today. Um, why don't we get started by, you know... Having you introduce yourself a little bit and tell us about the work that you do so our listeners know why they should respect everything that you say. (laughs) (laughs) Understood. Yeah. So I'm a uh, a, a crime investigative journalist. I've been doing it for two decades now. And um, I would focus exclusively on unsolved murders. And the problem with unsolved murders is, yeah, you try to solve them, but you usually never do. So you're writing stories with no endings. I got I got fed up after a while and, uh, you know, my day job turned into from a newspaper editor to being sort of like the digital guy at newspaper companies where I would be the one that would know how to bring in viewers to the websites. And I was watching a video of a man being attacked on the street in Chicago and he gets punched out, is lying on the sidewalk on the uh, on the crosswalk and then a cab rolls over his chest and kills him. Oh, my God. And I said there was really great video, uh, great in terms of being able to identify who the perpetrator was, but some two months after I'd watched that, they still hadn't hadn't done it. And I said, why haven't they done it? And then something clicked and just said, because nobody's, nobody's watching the news anymore. Nobody's um, watching, reading newspapers anymore. So I took it upon myself to uh, try and catch him, and I, I did. I was able to get him. So... Uh, you know, using social media and using a, a variety of different techniques. And, uh, you know, that sort of set me on another kind of path. And that was three years ago. And that set me on another kind of path of kind of trying to, uh, that was four years ago, actually, of trying to um, work any kind of like skills that I might have in investigating and social media to help solve murders and find missing persons and mm-hmm. find fu- find fugitives, yeah. And I, I was looking at your website a little bit. You've solved a lot of cases. <laughs> yeah, solved or help solved. Yeah, help I mean, solved. Sure. Yeah, I, I mean, there's mm-hmm. definitely you know I can. It's a needle in the haystack when you're looking for a person and you just have a blurry image on a video and it's a needle in a haystack. And then I've got to go and and find that needle. Uh, but I do know then that you know they've got to obviously build up enough for the, for a case on that person. But um, but yeah, no, it's been about ten so far, and uh, one missing person, and one murder fugitive. So wow. So Billy and I uh, connected uh, over the Robert Fuller case. For those of you who don't know, Robert Fuller uh, was a 24 year old black man who was found hanging from a tree across from Palmdale City Hall on June 10th, I believe. Um, Police in the area immediately called it a suicide to the press uh, before conducting any kind of an investigation, which at best is a wildly negligent thing to do at any point, but especially during our our current political climate. Um, Many of our listeners know that I've been following this case really closely and been looking for ways to use this platform to amplify the story and, and... Billy has been digging in and doing his own investigative work, and um, I was hoping that you could talk to us a little bit about uh, what you have been doing, anything that you have been learning 
updates on the case. Yeah. So it, like you said, it happened on Wednesday. Um, nobody outside of nobody even in Palmdale knew, but, um, on Friday, that I believe was when I think Kim Kardashian tweeted out at it and a bunch of other people just saying, what the hell, uh, his teacher, um, direct messaged me on Instagram and said, I was his teacher. He was a great kid. Can you please look into this? Uh, I turned on the news and wanted to find out what was going on and turned on the news. That's an old expression. I went on the internet <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> you opened your phone. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I went to the newspaper carrier and, uh, <laughs> and the, the evening edition was out. So, and I, I heard them say there were no cameras in the area. And as soon as I heard that, I, I wanted to call bullshit. So I went to, I went to Google Maps and said, "Where the hell is Palmdale?" I was like, "Oh, it's it's an hour and a half away during during rush hour, at least from Los Angeles." So I drove up, and the press conference had just ended where they had said that, and they had said it earlier as well. There were maybe like ten to twenty people in the park. So this was a park where he was found. It was like a, a city hall park. So I walked uh, past the tree where he was found, where the, a memorial was starting to take shape. And then I, within five minutes, saw one camera on the Whispering Palms apartment building. And then I saw another camera on Whispering Palms. Then I walked around to um, another place. I saw a ring camera. Then I saw um, what was probably our best bet, which was a, uh, a camera on a, in the window, but it was facing directly towards the tree 50 yards away <laughs> at, um, at a... I mean. uh, at a digital um, a studio, a, a photography studio, so uh, called Ocho Eight, and I thought um, Ocho A, and I thought, you know what, Th they're going to have the best bet because if it's a photographer who probably knows cameras, and the camera looked good, so uh, and I just took pictures of those and did a video and just said, you're you're lying to us, uh, yeah. you know, this is not a matter of um, me knowing what happened or anything. I'm just saying that you are lying to us, and as we kept going, it's just. Looking at it from a public relations perspective, even if you're a town and a black man is found hanging in front of City Hall during the biggest civil revolution in our lifetimes, why would you even try to to quote unquote bury the story, which they did? There was nothing about it on social media. They were looking for two days after he was found. They were looking for a owner of a dog on on their social media, mm -hmm. um, and they. <laughs> Also yeah. sharing pictures of snacks that they have. Snacks a lot of pictures the, yeah, of snacks. Yeah. And, and there was nothing about it. Also, I'm not going to give the Antelope Valley uh, news a pass because yeah. they ran with the story that it was allegedly a suicide too and didn't mm -hmm. even question it. You know, it's one thing to call allegedly in there, but no, you question that. And yeah. they, um, nobody was doing the right thing. And I w wanted to really just sort of amplify it. And when I was up there... I started taking pictures and people were asking me what I was doing. And as the crowd started getting bigger and bigger, and then other people started, there was a woman with a, with her, her daughter and she was going around taking pictures and then we would share them with each other. And so, and it wasn't just those, it was also the areas leading up, the roads leading up to it. And my biggest thing was about the police department, them lying uh, literally lying. Um, that's what Brian Schaefer said at the that there were no cameras. So then that night, you know, I was I had tweeted all this all these things out. The mayor of Palmdale writes me, no, they said there were no cameras in 
the park, not around the park. And I said, no. And I sent him the, uh, the video of him yeah. saying in the area. And then he, I think he must've realized that he had screwed up and then he deleted his account. <laughs> oh and, God. <laughs> and then, uh, I was like, where'd you go? And then I wake up the next morning and he sent me a letter. He's replied to me with a letter of them sending a, a letter to the attorney general asking for outside assistance and an independent investigation, throwing the sheriff's department under the bus. So he, he chose a side then, you know, he, he decided I got to be on the right side of this. I can't be with the police. I'm going to, I'm going to uh, be with, you know, tr- trying to call up with an independent investigation. I mean, good on him. But then I asked him, I said, why are you just replying this to me? Why is this not up right. on your main feed? Mm-hmm. And he replied that he doesn't really know Twitter that well. Mm-hmm. Sure. <laughs> but who really no, does at the end of the day? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That old chestnut. Yeah. So you went around and you talked to some of the businesses yourself, correct? Yeah. So I went back up on Friday, uh, a week from when I had gone up and uh, the first time. And I just wanted to canvas all the businesses to see because nobody was answering the phone. Uh, um, so I wanted to call and see, or, or, you know, personally call and see, Hey, you know, have the police gone there? I talked to seven businesses. Only two of them said the police had gone there. Um, one was the state farm agency who was a former cop who mm-hmm. said that they asked him and uh, his cameras had been broken. The other was a auto body type place that was really kind of far away and they said yes immediately like just like oh yeah they were here yeah like that every place else the uh ocho a place um which i'll get to in a second because that was our best chance but there was like a uh mama's uh fish place uh, seat mama seafood i think it was called which is right on the uh closest intersection uh there was a pawn shop next to that no they hadn't been asked still haven't heard from whispering palms you know asked a bunch of other places and uh, you know, when somebody goes, say when a, a person goes missing or like during the Hanagram investigation in Charlottesville, when um, she went missing uh, and then wound up, she wound up being murdered. You go to every business that even isn't even around um, where she was last seen. You go to like, you know, you do like a, a block search and a grid search and then you try to find anything that might be. So what you'd be looking for is is Robert Fuller walking alone? Is Robert Fuller walking alone with a bag or a rope or something? Mm-hmm. Is somebody following him then? Um, is he encountering people? So you, so you get a, a sense of, of what might have been happening, and they did none of this. And unfortunately, the best shot that we would have had is the Ocho A um, digital photography studio. They were not asked... And they also wiped their footage, they told me, within 24 hours. So, and that's just a matter of probably because they it's have like a, a good camera. It's probably because they have a good camera um, yeah. and it, it eats up a lot of hard drive space, you know? Mm-hmm. So, would have been you know, really good the, to see that guy's footage. It's not their, it's not their fault because no, they weren't, but- nobody even knew. They didn't even know, you know, that was something was going on. And that is the police department's fault. And uh, I can't, I can't sit there and say I have no idea what happened with Robert Fuller, whether whether you know he was murdered or whether he decided to take his own life. But I do know that the police department uh, did a really piss poor job of investigating, 
did a really piss poor job of uh, of messaging and then lied about it. And lied they about could it, they yeah. could have said, you know, they could have the amount of overtime they probably had to pay their officers now for all the protests. This could have been five hours of work collecting this footage yeah. and uh, putting it out there and saying, yes, we have footage of him walking by himself. People would still question it because it might have been five minutes before or something like that. But they still could have had that and they didn't do it. And it's just it's it's just at best it's it's horrible police work. Let's just yeah. put it to you that way. Yeah. Yeah. Like hor- horrible, horrible police work. Yeah, absolutely. And I think important to note when discussing this case, the situation is the fact that Palmdale, Lancaster area um, absolutely does have a history of white supremacy, of the history of white supremacy in <laughs> the sheriff's department. There was literally a neo-Nazi gang in not very far away in, in Linwood um, that was made up of nothing but sheriff's deputies. Welcome to the worst year ever. We'll get through together or not. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> no, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year, equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at lifelock.com slash news. That's lifelock.com slash news to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. Hey everyone, it's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for less. And for a limited time, new customers receive their second month free when they sign up and use promo code MONTHFREE by May 31st. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up and call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Taxes, fees, and other third-party charges will apply. See website for additional details. Everything is so dumb, 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 dumb. Best case scenario, this is terrible police work. Worst case scenario, it's something more sinister. But at the very least, you would think during this specific point in time, this cultural revolution, you would do your due diligence and and cover the very basic steps that need to be covered. Um, 
Another thing they didn't even do, sorry to cut you off. No, please tell us all the things. Malcolm Harsh <laughs> was found hanging mm-hmm. um, two weeks prior, 10 days prior in Rosemont, a little bit away, you know, 60 miles away, 50 miles away. They didn't even call that agency uh, wow. to, to share notes or whatever. And that's the thing that I am constantly, I am, you know, it, and it turns out that there was video of that and the family had seen it and, and they, they have agreed that it was, um, it was death by suicide. But, you know, that's something that I am constantly harping on police departments is because they never, ever talk to each other. We have 17,000 yeah. different law enforcement agencies. And, you know, our ability to solve crimes is based on this idea that nobody has cars or trains or planes or anything. And people just, you know, ride horses. That's entirely <laughs> how we think about how we solve crimes in America and we're not, you know, like when we start talking about the ideas of, of defunding the police, I want to defund the police because not only to, um, to try to dismantle the systemic racism and everything, the thing that I've been asking for for so long is better investigative yeah. skills and better investigative uses. And, you know, we're not crushing it when it comes to solving crimes. We solve 62% of homicides. Less than 1% of sexual assaults uh, lead to a felony conviction. You know, we can do a hell of a lot. So anybody that might like true crime and is wondering, wait, defund the police, who's going to catch the murderers? We can do a hell of a lot better. Yeah, yeah. I definitely wanted to touch on that because you you work closely with police departments or detectives, I would assume, in the, the course of your work. And you're right. A, very, a small percentage or not enough crimes get solved. And when people talk about push back against defunding the police or police abolishment, they say like, oh, well, what about the bad guys? What about the serious crimes? You're right. We're not, we're not too, doing too great as is, and there needs to be some significant reform. Yeah. That. I, yeah. Yeah. Take away the, all of the, the uh, minutia uh, that, that ruins people's lives, like the uh, drug possession uh, arrests and, and convictions, all of this time that we're spending on, these small crimes that takes up 99% of what the police are doing. Uh, uh, you know, everything from, tr- you know, uh, being a crossing guard or, or doing traffic mm-hmm. or, or watching out when they're, they're, there's so many things, you know, finding lost dogs, all this, all these things that people don't understand because you know what? You don't see it on TV. Yeah. You know, if cops was real, it'd be boring as hell because guys would be, you know, changing tires on highway for people. They'd be doing so many things that, and changing tires, by the way, is a training day reference. But that they, um, <laughs> but they, uh, they'd be doing so many things that are not like you're wondering why would why does a cop need to do this? And right. that's what defending the police comes down to. What I also want to do is use this as an opportunity to say, hey, we could, you know, because I work with a lot of police, yeah, but I also work with a lot of families. And the families, when they hear of, of victims, and when the families hear defund the police, they 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 go nuts because a lot of the families they're they're looking, they want more resources. And what I try to explain to them is that this needs to change because it's not been working now. I mean, that, there's a reason why your loved one, um, the case is still open, and it's because the resources are not being allocated in a in a in a way because you might hear three billion dollar budget for the L.A. L.A. Police Department, but you know, how much of that is really, really going to solving uh, serious crimes. And it's not that right. much. Right. Um, there's another aspect to this story that happened. Um, 
I think it was about a, less than a week after uh, Robert Fuller was found, his brother, Tyrone Jamal Boone, his half-brother, uh, was killed by the LAPD uh, in a shootout of some sort, or as, as it's been described. I have not seen very much information on this. There has, seems to be... It, 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 the story seems confusing. You look at social media, you look at different reporting on it, there is a vague reference to him investigating his brother's death on his own. There is also talk about him kidnapping somebody and holding her hostage. Um, the police say that he got out of his car and fired at them, but from what I believe, he was found in the car and was killed through the window of the car. Um, I, I'm not saying any of this for fact because I'm, I'm, I'm confused by it. Also, um, they seem to have, uh, be lying about a lot of this stuff, so maybe it's hard to well, hard to parse. It seems like that makes it difficult to trust them. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm just curious if you have any information on that or any thoughts or insights to to share. Uh, the story that has been released by the police, which you know the news has reported, is that he had apparently um, had. Kidnapped his girlfriend for six days. This is again, this is what the police are saying. And there was also maybe like a domestic violence charge against him as well. They, they, um, she was able to escape. She went to the police. They got a warrant. They followed him. This is LA sheriffs. They followed him into Kern County and then, um, they surrounded him. Now, I have no idea what is is going on with this case but i will say this man's brother had just been found hanging in a park the police weren't doing anything then he gets surrounded by three apparently plainclothes cops in in unmarked cars with guns drawn and he gets out and starts shooting that's what that's what they're telling us that's what they're telling us yeah the cops do not have their body cams on no. Also, oh, the woman was there was a woman in the car with him that also got shot, um, and a child in the car. Yeah. Um, Look, if you're gonna be shooting at a guy in a car, sometimes you're gonna hit a kid and a, another lady. That's just gonna happen if you're firing wildly at a car. You know? Yeah. <laughs> That's a risk you just gotta that take, I guess. Like a if consequence and risk. Car, yeah. yeah. If you're gonna shoot at a car with a person in it. Yeah. Um. Yeah. But it, it, is it, it was is... who was the woman then? It was not. It was somebody it was, else. Yeah, it was not. A, a, I've heard that it might have been an ex-girlfriend. I don't know. Okay. It's all very uh, confusing and strange. Uh, you know, I don't want to be a conspiracy theorist, but I think it's also really important to to note that this is this is odd. And within a week of each other, this this huge response to his his half brother, and again the body cams not being on. Um, there's ring footage that has been circulating online about it that does not sound like he got out of his car and fired at them, but who are we to know? I don't know for a fact. Um, I'm just sharing the stuff that I've been reading about. Yeah, it's definitely something that, again, it's something that they want to, they, they tried to get ahead of that one, you know, by saying, and what's, what's the one way you're going, and, and it, it very well might be true. But the yeah. one way that you're going to get the public against somebody is by putting a domestic violence charge against them. You know, so yep. Um, yep. And if, if, again, very well might be true. I'm not sure. I have no idea. 
But they were very quick to put that story out there yeah. and say, this is the reason why we were looking for him. So that definitely tamped uh, um, any kind of activism that you might have seen on social media about that. Yeah. Um, you know, but it's still, it's a very, there's a, a lot of like too many strange coincidences, especially considering like when I said, all right, I'm fucking, I'm going up there. A lot of people started DMing me saying like, uh, t- tell me about Antelope Valley and the, the history of racism up there. You know, they had blocked, um, um, uh, people of color from uh, uh, Section 8 housing, I believe. And I think the police were complicit in that at one point. So there's, there are stories about that. And, you know, when we uh, met in person for the first time, we were up uh, for the, uh, we went up to March for Juneteenth mm-hmm. slash Robert Fuller. They were going to do it in Palmdale, but then they moved it to Lancaster. So everybody would be in Lancaster. And then there was, a rumor that the Klan was going to show up in Lancaster. Mm-hmm. And that was, you know, what did you think of that? Uh, b- because, it, you know, I was watching from towards the back once we got to the park and yeah. I noticed some things that were interesting. What did you, what did you see when you were there? Um, I don't know that I was pretty immersed in, in watching the speakers when I was there. I will say that the time, the, the day before I was up there as well, and I can attest firmly that there were some very unsettling people lingering around in big white trucks uh, with the engines running, uh, you know, big white men <laughs> mm-hmm. threateningly flashing the lights every so often. I can attest to that. Um, and then towards the end of the gathering on Juneteenth, uh, there was a big tone shift. Uh, you know, things started to be agitated and they, they ended the rally early. Um, but I, I, I didn't observe much there. I know that you and a couple of people were documenting cars that were driving through. Yeah. Uh, you know, so yeah, like you said, there are a couple of, of scuffles because people, listen, people were on edge, you know, yeah. people are thinking yeah. that, you know, and when I say clan, I'm not saying that they, I don't think there was going to be, you know, it was more white supremacists. It's more sort of white supremacist biker gang types, I think is what right. we were thinking. Um, but there was the, the, the clan was mentioned. So, you know, what, what happened was, is that the clan was supposed to show there at seven. I think we, we started at yes. five and the clan was supposed to show at seven. So I had, I had, um, kicked back, um, with, uh, an organizer from LA and we were just watching everything. And like, we sort of started seeing like a couple people, you know, people started showing up that were kind of like on the outskirts, just like looking around. And we're talking about, uh, th- these are people that part of the BLM movement or black men, um, just wanting to see, wanted to make sure like everything was going to be okay. Right around seven o'clock. The one thing that I noticed is, is that so from five o'clock to seven of all the cars that passed, there were maybe two people, two white guys in the cars. Mm-hmm. And the way that the park is situated is that it's almost like a dead end. There's no real, re- there's no reason to pass by it. It's right. not even a shortcut. It's slow. It's out it's of a, the way. Out of the way. Not even a shortcut. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Once seven o'clock hit, mm-hmm. the cars became increasingly white. And it was, it went from maybe, you know, 5% white to 50% white. There was something there. And hmm. whether they were just going to check it out, huh? We heard this is going on or whatever, or, or who knows? A lot of trucks, 
lot of you know groups of guys in there, whatever, um, that might have just been wondering what was going on, or they might have been trying to post up and see if there was a bunch of other people there, and then they would get out and yeah. do something. And then they would, you would see them, and some of them actually drove through. And apparently, I was trying to see if there was a way out, but they drove through and they drove back around. And we would see that. We would see people like drive through and drive back around. And nobody was really even noticing them. So me and this one organizer, Nisi, we started taking pictures just in case, you know, because the threat was that they would not do a rally, but then maybe they would, you know, do something to anybody that was walking back by themselves because we had to all walk back to our cars because we we parked the cars in the Target parking lot. That's where it started. Mm -hmm. And um, and the organizer, a guy named Love, um, who's a fantastic speaker, by the way, uh, this young guy. We're trying to get him on here as well. Yeah, no, he's great. And um, I think he just did an interview, I think, with uh, LA Times yeah, or yeah. something. Yeah. So, and he, um, and he's got a connection to, uh, he's got an amazing story as well. Yeah. So, uh, you know, we walked with him all the way down the, the, um, towards the, to, to the park. So we had to go back, everybody had to go back and get their cars. So everybody was walking back in groups of twos or threes. You know? Yeah. Keeping Joseph. I, I, I really admired what he was, how he is organizing there. And, and that's one of the things that he talked about. It's like, we don't know if they're going to show up, but from now on, we want a system of accountability. You don't walk by yourself. Yeah. You know, and that's the other thing that I've heard so much at these rallies that, I, that I've been going to over there, you know, Palmdale, Lancaster, this is a sundown city. If you are of color, you are not out after sundown alone, mm-hmm. especially not right now. Yeah. Another thing I noticed with the with the march is the first march I've been to and the first march that I've seen where the police weren't in front of the march. The police weren't doing yeah. anything to stop traffic. They were yeah. behind the march, which I found very interesting. Um, I don't know if that means if it's just bad but policing or something, but you would think, because there were cars that were coming straight at us, and there were yeah. cars that were trying to yeah. make turns and everything, and there was nobody stopping them. Yeah. And then they, the, the organizers had to actually go out and then uh, and, and kind of direct traffic, which didn't make sense when... I was looking around for the cars and then I see the bird up in the sky and then I look behind us and then there were six cop cars. Yeah. That's weird. It felt threatening to me in a way. Like we're not here to protect you. We're watching you. Incompetence. That's uh, both probably. As I was walking up to that, people were gathering on the corner by the target. um, I would see every minute a cop car would come speeding up with their sirens blaring and then slow down right in front of the protesters and then speed up and drive away. That happened about four or five times. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we started marching. And then all of a sudden, there was, like you said, six cars right behind, like trailing in a weird way. And, you know, the helicopter above circling pretty low. It, it felt a little ominous. And then when you got to the park, but at the same time, when we got to the park, I noted that there was a, a ton of cops tucked away yes they were not they were not harassing the actual rally in the park Mm -hmm. um no the cops were probably i would say a quarter to a half mile away they were kind of stationed up stationed there not in any place there would be able to uh stop anything if any if any if like the clan had showed up there but maybe they're watching the entrance to the park i mean i don't that was a that was a strategy that they had. Um, 
I'm not going to begrudge them because it's better than 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 having riot gear out there, you know. So yeah, right, right. Uh, you know, there was there were a couple of uh, of skirmishes during the rally, and um, but it seemed like the organizers of the rally were able to defuse them. And as much yeah. as there might have been, you know, a couple skirmishes about people like trying to, you know, like what are you doing here or something like that. There were 10 times as many people just trying to say, this is not what we're here for. We're here yeah. for to get justice and this and that. We can't be we can't be fighting like this, which was really beautiful. Um, and and I do understand why emotions are running high and why that's a, an environment for things to escalate pretty easily. Welcome to the worst year ever. We'll get through together or not. With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality, potency, and consistency. Scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today. Lazarus Naturals, committed to improving your life as well as the world around you. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. If you're 21 years old and use nicotine or tobacco, I'm here to tell you about Black Buffalo and how it's redefining tradition for millions of adult consumers. So if you're over 21, consume nicotine or tobacco and want to join the Black Buffalo herd, head over to blackbuffalo.com to learn more. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Black Buffalo products are intended for adults aged 21 and older who are consumers of nicotine or tobacco. With AT&T in-car Wi-Fi, elevate your adventure by transforming your vehicle into a reliable Wi-Fi hotspot. Connect up to 10 devices up to 50 feet away from your vehicle, making it ideal for camping and road trips. Don't miss out on the fun. Embark on your next adventure today. Visit att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi to check if you're eligible for a free trial. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. Everything is so dumb, 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 dumb. Do you have any information on uh, where the investigation stands right now? What they are? <laughs> no, I've got no. They, no, they're still saying they're still not saying anything, and. Uh, you, know, you would like <laughs> well to think they tried lying so i guess they have to yeah. try not saying anything now yeah you'd like to think that you know i think what has happened right now is that uh palmdale sheriffs which is part of the la sheriffs they're def- they're directing everything towards la sheriff headquarters you know so uh and then la sheriff headquarters is just saying no comment it's incredibly frustrating i mean there's any number of things that could be done we don't know what the actual autopsy is saying <clears throat> We don't know if there are forensics from the rope, um, from his clothing, anything like that. And I don't know what the normal time frame for information like that is, but. Yeah, I mean, it's and whether they'd be using an MVAC for the rope, which is kind of like a. Uh, What's an MVAC? Yeah. An MVAC is a, uh, for lack of a better term, it's like a DNA vacuum, mm-hmm. you know, and okay. um, it can it can kind of when you're dealing with fabrics and things it can kind of suck that up and then and then collect it in a way that you wouldn't be able to do um if you you know you could do it with just getting a strand of hair or a fiber but they're able to um extract uh dna more like skin cells and things like that but i don't know if they're using one of those i doubt it but yeah my guess is no yeah and then and then the 
You know, and then it's also a matter of, you know, you can find DNA in there that has nothing to do with crime. It could have been somebody from the mm-hmm. factory that made it, you know, right, uh, could right. have been somebody from the store who sold it. So, uh, but it's a tool. It's a still a tool that needs to be used. And that's where the manpower and, and woman power needs to be made in, uh, in these investigations and not through all of this other stuff that they're doing. It's hard to feel like they're not taking this very seriously. Yeah. Um, Hard not to feel that way. Yeah. Yes, I said that right. Uh, it's just, I mean, it leaves me feeling so angry and powerless in a bit a, a way that, like, what what do we do? How do we, you know, how do we how do we change this? How do we take them get them to at least take accountability? I mean, regardless, say Robert Fuller did commit suicide. I I don't believe that at this point in time, but say that he did. Like we've mentioned, regardless of that, this is gross, gross incompetence in how they're handling and the situation and people should lose their jobs mm-hmm. <laughs> over this. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. I don't um, know how to make that happen, you know? Yeah. No. And the problem is it's incredibly hard to make it happen. We can't even get guys to lose their jobs after they literally kill somebody uh, you know, th- that work for a police department. And yeah, only one out of three Breonna Taylor shooters is fired. Yeah. Fired. So it's, yeah. you know, the, the, the issues that are going on right now are going to have to deal with, it's one thing to say defund the police. It's another thing to actually take on the unions, take on the union contracts. The money that's going, that, that we see, the money is going towards salaries, obviously, which is fine, but it's going to pensions. Yeah. Uh, you know, which is which is a huge part of it and overtime and that overtime game that they all play. You know, the pension situation is very much similar to what happened with the U.S. auto industry. You know, you're just mm-hmm. you're writing a check that you don't have that someone is not going to cash for 20 years. It's not your administration. So you accept this deal. Imagine every person that you ever worked with at every job you've been at. Imagine them getting 50% of that salary, you know, and that's yeah. <laughs> for the rest of their lives. You know, that's where all this money is going towards. That's what we mean by, uh, you know, defunding the police. I'm not saying take away all their pension, but I'm saying that that there needs to be something better because if we're spending over 50% of the poli- of the entire city budget on, on policing, uh, there needs to be something better than than what's going on right now from an investigative standpoint. And we're not seeing it. And we're, and we're seeing gross incompetence right there on a, I mean, just imagine this is like the one case that we, we're looking at. What else is going on? Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, that's the really frustrating thing. Listening to all of this and just like every step of the way, either a lie or a complete like fuck up. And then just like, this is one thing in one mm-hmm. place that people are actually paying attention to. For you know various reasons, uh, it, it has been brought to like people's attention. But like, where where are the other ones, <laughs> yeah. and what are what's being done there? Yeah, I've been thinking about that a lot, a lot lately. I mean, Breonna yeah, I, Taylor, all of it. Go ahead, Billy. Uh, you know, and part of me is just you know it, it's we've gotten to a point where we've gotten where we've recognized the 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 issue that. Black people have been have been screaming about for years and years and years, and we've finally, as a society, woken up to it. I think I think we've actually gotten there. We just have to keep up the momentum of what happens, um, 
the 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 black people and the relationship with the police even though we heard about it we sang along songs about it you know but we we didn't get it uh but we are not equipped now from a from a um media standpoint to cover the local stories because mm. local newspapers have been decimated and so i'm not saying that they were doing it great before cuz they weren't but this would have been a time to where that could have that could have intersected mm-hmm. and uh you know that is one of the things that it it, it comes on a on a local level yeah we've got we've got so many people covering trump and covering national things but it's the local news things yeah. that are that are suffering and it's yeah. these kinds of stories that are that are probably happening a lot across america that are not going to be told so that's interesting. You're right. I mean, it's hard to rely on local news right now for a variety of reasons. Decimated was also a lot of conservatives that own local news organizations. Um, there's there's a slant in the reporting. Um, and uh, Cody and I had a guest on our other show recently, and we talked a lot about this, about how the 24-hour news cycle isn't as effective as it once would because, was because we have social media. We have our phones. We can become citizen journalists. Uh, we can amplify stories if we're paying attention and, and doing it right. So yeah, we we, we do have that power. Right. No, we're not doing <laughs> no, it right. No, no, it's actually uh, almost worse sometimes if people care too much. Like there, there, there's been so many stories going around that I, I don't even want to give detail, super details on, but like it'll start spreading and people will start and they'll be like, oh, such and such, this person was uh, was abducted. You know, this crime was committed up here. Like you need to spread the information. This person was abducted and like, here's the vehicle. And it's like, you trace it back and there's no, there's no photo evidence. There's no missing persons report. There's nothing but people on Twitter, like not just sharing things, but like shaming each other for not right. sharing it so that it gets shared more. And then it's like, but what is, what is this based on? Where is like, do we have even have evidence of a victim? Um, and that's, that's part of what scares me with all of these cases is that um, like Robert Fuller, something, something we need to figure out like the, the truth here. There's a real, a, a man is dead, possibly two, and and we don't really know exact. Like we don't know what happened, and we need to figure it out. But there is such, um, in part, because of all of these people being allowed to kind of grab onto whatever stories happening in this uprising yeah. are interesting to them. Like well, there's this so much chaff. Yeah, I, I, well, we do we do definitely know that two people are dead. We just don't know two yeah, men are dead. We just don't know what's going on. The, yeah. 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 But, uh, you know, that's one of the things when we see this and it's one of the, I, you know, I talk about this in my book and I talk about this on, on Murder Squad all the time is that you have to follow the rules and um, there's an escalation part to the rules. And the, the first rule is don't name names in public. We saw this with the Boston bombing uh, yeah. when they put out the pictures of the two bombers, everybody, not everybody on Reddit, but people on Reddit looked at this this kid who had gone missing from Brown University named Sunil Tripathi. He looked a lot like the second bomber, the, the kid, the, the younger guy. And they started talking about, hey, th- could this be the guy? Could this be the guy? And uh, you know, it turns out he had he had he had died. He he might have died by suicide, we don't know. But uh, you know, they were dragging this kid through the mud and he had nothing to do with it. We saw it again recently. Remember that that video of the uh douchebag on the bicycle that was tearing down the posters, the BLM posters that the little kids were, and then kind of like assaulting the little kids too. I think he was. 
And yeah. so they had a, a image of this guy. They put it up on social, and then people start posting addresses and 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 uh, pictures and social media profiles of the wrong people. Yeah. And these people are have to go and say, "This isn't me." Wait a minute. You know the uh, what we always say is that you know send us the information or send the police the information. Definitely, if the police don't do anything within a certain amount of time, then you go to the press. Uh, uh, you know, but now that that window of time for me is shrinking because I used to when I in my investigations I used to give them like all right I'll give them you know a little bit of space for them to do their thing, and uh, you know some a lot of times you know most of the time if i see a good piece of of footage uh of a suspect i just put it in a folder and say i'm going to check back this on a week and and then i'll do a google search and they would have already caught the guy but um that's going to start shrinking and shrinking now because we have no trust in the police department as right. evidence of um you know what happened in palmdale and i think that you know, and I would not, as far as like my level of trust in the police department, it was always on a case by case basis. I could tell pretty quickly whether somebody was a wanted to work with me, b was was pretty incompetent and they don't know what they're doing, or c was like willing to be like, yeah, let's 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 work on this together because we're completely lost on this case and and we'll try anything. And um, you know, now it's a it's. It, it's coming to the forefront. It's it's a it's, it's a little liberating to be able to say it because I wasn't you know I didn't say it before. Um, I was not covering th- things that were dealing with systemic racism that I thought, but I really was. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Oh man, you guys have more questions? Really? <laughs> I I wanted to I I just want to hear others like stories of things that you've solved, but I don't think we have time for that. <laughs> as much time as you want if there's something a a good story yeah i mean i think it's it's fascinating to hear you talk about this work i think i know uh, you know this i mean you're kind of a favorite among people that are true crime junkies and and citizen sleuths want to you know put together and piece together stories and so it is fascinating to hear you talk about this and 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 your process and if there's any other stories you want to share because think that uh, this resonates for a lot of people yeah or even anything that like uh upon reflections uh with what's happening now you you like you view it in a different context yeah you know absolutely i think that because of what's happening now we're being what we're what we're doing now is we're actually capturing the events on camera because everybody has the camera, everyone's right. got a TV studio in their in their pocket, so people know instinctively to go to the camera if they're if they're around seeing it. Now, a lot of crimes happen when there's nobody around with the camera, but we're doing that. The thing is, we do that, we put it up there. Then there's the 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 you know w- there's a news cycle in social media that's even faster than the news cycle in national media and mainstream media. So you might be able to. Um, uh, catch somebody doing something bad on camera, whether it's a police officer or somebody else, it's that follow-up. And that's mm-hmm. the thing that we that we need the news media to do is the follow-up and the, do the follow-up work. And it's hard. Yeah. You know, it's and it's it's a matter of um of you know the reason why this happened. We've seen the police murder black men on video before. 
the reason why it happened is because we've never seen it um, happen over such a long period of time, over the eight minutes and 46 seconds, and be so visceral and also have no distractions because of the pandemic. And everybody finally was able to get slapped in the face with this. I would um, also say we immediately knew about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Made, made, immediately made national headlines, whereas Breonna Taylor, that wasn't a household name. The, mm-hmm. the urgency of her situation, the, the immediacy, the rage of the community has abetted by the time everybody else caught up. But yeah. yes, please continue. Well, it's it's also because that was video because there was somebody yeah. there taking it right. and then they can exactly. post it. Exactly. So that's that's the key. But then it's just, you know, going that and then it's just the follow up. And the follow up is the outrage. And and yes, the most important thing is getting it on video. Unfortunately, uh, that's what we have to do. But uh, and there you get the outrage and then you can get the swell of support potentially. But it's the follow up and it's the follow up mm-hmm. that we need. Um our journalists to be doing is to follow up that we need the police departments to be doing and um, and battling these unions because, you know, these police chiefs, a lot of them, I'm not giving them excuses, but their hands are, are tied with the police union and the contracts that they that they sign with the police union. And those police unions will take, take, take as much as they can get. And, uh, you know, it's just like, you know, the police union, Think of it this way. You know, people were, you know, the big story from yesterday, the FBI investigated the noose that was found in Bubba mm-hmm. Wallace's garage. They said it was a it was a pull for a a garage door. Fine. It did look like a noose. All right. A week prior, 2 weeks prior, the New York City Police Detectives Union tweeted out that three officers were deliberately <laughs> poisoned by a Shake Shack. Yes. Yeah, they did. They did. So there's that. a there's a difference there. One said there was a noose found hanging, and these were gearheads. Another were, I don't know, detectives, and they went out and said deliberately poisoned, and then they had to backtrack, and also they deleted that tweet. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So uh, there's a lot of <laughs> there's a lot of uh, things going on with those police unions that. Um, that is that's going to be the struggle right now when it yeah. comes to all this all of these things with the police but um you know for people that that want to do you know the biggest thing is taking that taking the photos when you're seeing something wrong absolutely mm-hmm. and then it's um you know doing that doing that follow up work sending it to yeah. the right people uh, right doing people. the doing the investigations yourself uh we're getting we're distributing the news on a on a lot of different places but there's not like, you know, how many people are going to do a FOIA request? You know, how many people are going yeah. to be doing this or that? Yeah. You know, and it's just, yeah, we've that's talked about the, that. Yeah, that's where it comes down to when it comes from citizen journalism. Yeah. And listen, because they, they shouldn't freaking have to. It's not their job, but it's turning into our jobs now. We've made it our jobs, you know, because yeah. uh, of uh, we can't trust, you know, that we've either decimated the media and quite frankly, we couldn't trust the media because they weren't covering these cases the way that they should have. Yeah. It's interesting. I, I, yeah. I believe I shared this with you last week at the at the Juneteenth rally, but earlier last week I was talking about this with the, the guys here, Robert and, and Cody and Sophie, and I was talking about how you'd said that there was all these these cameras after the police had said, oh, you know, there weren't any, and I think it was Cody that was like, you should go talk to them to make sure the police approach them, and I was like, it's been five days. I'm sure they have at this point. <laughs> I'm sure they have. And they hadn't. 
They yeah. fucking hadn't. Right. Yeah, even the even the uh, the cop said it was three or four days ago, which meant that was Friday. I had gone up and showed the cameras on the Friday previous, so he had been talked to maybe Monday or Tuesday. <laughs> It's not like a huge place. Bare, it won't take no, them that long to get there. <laughs> no, right. Doing the bare minimum after so long. It's, yeah. uh, and yeah. if you hadn't done that, they wouldn't have done that. Um, yeah. And yeah, just like knowing that kind of information, like how valuable that information is and having that sort of sense. Like you literally just heard him say that and you're like, well, that doesn't sound right. And yeah. you wouldn't looked right. Like the, yep. just having that, having that extra, that extra sense to ping your mind when you're like, wait, that isn't. I don't trust that. Yeah. And actually, going I mean, I, and, and I will say, too, it's just, I, it did boggle my mind that the city hall did not have cameras. You know? Also, yeah, uh, what? And the, yeah. the library yeah. and, the, and the fire department. You have I mean, hundreds of thousands square, of dollars of equipment. Yeah. yeah, is surrounded by all That's of their really city weird. hubs. Um, yeah, it's, it's in line of vision from all of the, the, yeah, the city hall, the fire department, the cultural center, the sheriff's department is just down the street. It's wild. It's wild. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I share that as we talk about also, yes, we have our, our cameras in our, our pockets. We can document things. We can be responsible with that and take it to the right places. But yeah, if something pops into your head, like maybe this should be looked into, you should talk to somebody. Don't just assume that the cops have done it. You know, if, if there's a right. even, of yeah, and if it's just one town. question, like mm-hmm. I could think of a question that a person could be asked. And if you can make that phone call. Um, just so you have that information to counteract a lie yeah. you might hear later on. Yeah. 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 And it's a matter of, you know, when you hold police accountable for this, you know, it's going to be, you know, and I knew this, that it was going to make what I do a hell of a lot harder. And I was definitely tentative uh, to do it because of the families, the the victims of the families that I work with. And this could hurt me helping their cases Mm -hmm. but i had to i had to just say i can't i can't sit still for this you You mean putting your relationship with put uh, yeah 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 if anybody now googles me and says you know and and looks at my social media they're gonna see that that i was taking i was publicly you know taking this uh this department and their detectives to task and you know while i would do that privately and i would yell at detectives and stuff over the phone and things but yeah uh, i would never do it publicly uh because i i wanted to uh, because of, for the victims families i wanted to maintain those those you know yeah. relationships but uh you know i just couldn't sit there and you know while being lied to and uh right. and this was just a small you know tip of the iceberg i mean yeah at some point we have to like take a stand and call it what it is what we're seeing it as anyway and um I really appreciate that you did because we had this this conversation. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. And maybe wanna... yeah, maybe something will come of this. But <laughs> well, I'm certainly going to continue to show up and pay attention to this. Oh, and, I know. And do what I can. Um, <clears throat> and I I hope our listeners do as well, and also pay attention to the stories that are happening in your town because they are happening. Yeah, the local stuff doesn't get that the attention um, it needs until until it does. Um, sometimes it it bubbles up to the top, but yeah. No, and the people who, um, you know, sustained attention is the only thing that actually brings any of this to a positive resolution. Like, if you're wondering mm-hmm. why things don't, like, like, like why a lot of these, you know, 
murders don't end in any sort of justice, like why nothing's ever solved. It, some of it has to do with the fact that people lose interest and move right. on. And yeah, yeah, it burns out. Yeah. Um, yeah. And yeah, like we were talking about, like when are the, when is somebody should get fired, if anything, uh, for the incompetent way they've dealt yeah. with this case. Um, yeah. And that one, ha- that'll happen if protest after protest keeps happening and keeps happening and they keep demanding fire somebody. You fucked this up. Um, yeah. And that's how it happens. Yeah. Billy, uh, yes. do you want to tell our listeners where they can find you online, plug any projects, stuff like that? Sure. Yeah. So uh, you can find me at Billy Jensen on both Twitter and Instagram. I'm on two podcasts, one called Jensen and Holes, the Murder Squad with, uh, <laughs> with Golden State Killer investigator Paul Holes. And we, we do a lot of the things that we're talking about here. We're trying to solve uh, cold cases using the public's help. So if you're interested, check that out. I'm also on a podcast called The First Degree, uh, which are more adjudicated cases uh, being told from somebody who's one degree away from the perpetrator or the victim. Um, I'll be on the I'll be gone in the dark uh, docu series, which starts on June 28th. Oh uh, wow! That's the the book that Michelle McNamara, my friend, who was writing, and then she passed away in the middle of it, and I, me and her researcher Paul Haynes helped finish it. So and then. You know, Which led to helping solve that case. I think it, it led to promoting or promoting awareness. Leading promoting to awareness it. leading to more more resources leading towards mm-hmm. the solve. Yeah, yeah. I would uh, say that. Yeah. Yep. And then uh, just you know, just keep on uh, plugging away. My book, Chase Darkness with Me, just came out on paperback. There's a new chapter uh, about the uh, Allenstown Four, the Bear Brook case, and a um, lot of lot of things in there. If you want to do any kind of citizen. Uh, detective work, a lot of tips and how-to guides too. Awesome. That's fascinating. Thank you so much for taking the time to chat with us. This has been awesome. All right. Well, thank you so much for having me. And that's it. That does it for us today. Thanks again, Billy, for joining us today. Uh, That was a fascinating conversation. I liked it because of how it went. Yeah, that's true. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You guys uh, can check us out online at Worst Year Pod on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, oh, yeah. Follow Billy. He gave you all of that information, so I'm not going to repeat it. Yeah, um, we just talked about it. Yeah. Any other- you know what? What? Bye. Oh, yeah. Bye. <laughs> or do you, you want to plug your own plugs? Plugs? No. Okay. You can follow Robert at I Write Okay on Twitter. You can follow Katie and Cody on Twitter and Instagram because they're adults. Uh, Katie is at Katie Stoll and uh, Cody is at Dr. Mr. Cody. We have a T Public store. It's true, also. Keep wearing your face but masks also, and washing your hands. But also, bye. Yeah, I was going to say bye. Yeah. <laughs> and yes, bye. Worst Year Ever is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Hey guys, back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck yeah, and some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, <laughs> ah, love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, tenor girl go shopping. Yeah, baby. Wait. 
Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. Tired of restless nights? At Lisa, we know good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. From memory foam mattresses to hybrids that keep you cool all night long, Lisa's mattresses offer exceptional comfort and support with free delivery and 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. At JCPenney, fashion counts for everybody and everybody. The weather is getting warmer and it's time to swap my winter layers for fun, vibrant, and cool clothing with so many fun things happening this spring like Mother's Day and the Wind Down Tour. It's hard to find great looking clothes that fit you just right. That's why I love JCPenney. JCPenney has so many stylish and comfortable options for so many different body types. I've been blown away by their selection and everything hugs my body in all the right spots. Refresh your wardrobe this spring with style that gets you. Something to wear that fits your favorite moments of the season at prices that feel just as good. Discover brands that get you and put style and comfort first, like Worthington and Liz Claiborne for her, each in women's petite and plus sizes. Here, spring comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. JCPenney, make everybody count.